With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 19 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you talking Knicks heading into your weekend. Folks, thanks as always for listening to the show. As a reminder, always make sure to leave a comment at the Posting and Toasting podcast website. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, Posting and Toasting there as well, but also at SJ7. You can follow me on Twitter as I'll tweet about not only the Knicks and the NBA, but other sports as well. Tough week for the Knicks. No question about that. Um, The preparation for this week's show was tough because this was this was really you know again another busy week for for years truly i was able to take in all three of the games uh that led off from last week i was able to able to able to watch the boston game all the way through i actually watched the sacramento game twice i was able to get it on a replay on msg and i watched it back again just because i was befuddled by what i was seeing and i had to take a closer look at it and I watched, I believe, most of the Detroit game, enough of the Detroit game uh, last night from recording to get a good idea of where the Knicks are at going into a pretty a pretty big stretch coming up. There's no question about that. It's a stretch that I've looked at since the beginning of the season, since the beginning, really since the schedule came out. And we did a podcast on it a couple of months ago, how important this next stretch in November really is and it's kind of underway already this stretch and a really tough three game stretch really a tough four game stretch going back to the beginning uh really the beginning of the stretch was the end of october the loss to orlando right before the last show or last time we heard from each other and it's gotten worse now it got a little bit better before it got worse the Knicks went to boston and almost pulled it out yeah, they, they they played their best game of the season I think in my opinion even though you can throw out the the win against Chicago but other than that I, I don't think there's any argument over what the best Nick performance has been they, they took the Celtics all the way to the wire at TD Garden and a, and a late Jason Tatum uh, shot was able to beat the Knicks on the night with I think 1.3 seconds to go a, de- a devastating loss the Knicks really could have gotten a lot of confidence from that game now, now listen it was a fun game it was a fun atmosphere uh the Knicks Celtics games are always great for the atmosphere you know the first game wasn't a great game this was a great game the Knicks showed up to play Marcus Morris after I bashed him or not bashed him but kind of you know little we all kind of lit a fire under him after the last show he was phenomenal. 29 points in the game on 17 shots. He was kind of back to what we saw earlier in the season, the first week of the season. Nobody else really had a big offensive night. You know, Bobby Portis, RJ Barrett, 13 and 15 apiece. And then, you know, Kevin Knox chipped in with 12, 
Frank Nilakina, I'm about to throw some praise on this guy. Ten points in that game. He's finally he was finally getting his points there, although nine shots isn't great, but he had three steals, a block, and two assists, along with three rebounds. He was a stat stuffer. So the Knicks, you know, had a kind of an all-around good scoring night. And on the other side, the two stars beat them. Tatum had 24, Kemba Walker, 14 of 14 from the free throw line, 33 points. Ended up being enough. Only two other players in double figures for the Celtics. Gordon Hayward was struggling for most of the game, but finished with 19, or rather 13 and 9 rebounds. And it was Williams who had 10 points off the bench. I think I told you guys about Grant Williams, the Tennessee kid. Pretty good player and a guy that Brad Stevens can really develop and he showed what he had. Obviously, the other notable rookie, Carson Edwards, didn't play well and Taco Fall didn't play at all. Coach's decision, so they weren't factors in the end. For me, just a huge missed opportunity. That that Celtics game, the Knicks played their best game of the season, in my opinion. Even comparing to the win that they had against the Bulls, by far the best performance against the best team they've played so far this season and to not get it done is frustrating um so slightly expected you know again we, we keep you know falling into the rut that these Knicks have built for themselves over the last 10 20 years however far you want to go back uh probably not quite that far but it, it's been up and down for a while these are games that the Knicks cannot let slip away if they want to improve on last season in a big way you know obviously 17 wins is an easy mark to overachieve overachieve with but you know the Knicks are a team in my opinion that can win 28 29 games so this is you know these are games that you have to get if you're David Fisdale and they were they hung in right from the get-go they were up one at the half I believe they were down one going into the fourth and it was a tight tight game throughout and you know Tatum able to knock down a big shot at the end and the Knicks weren't able to respond so that was a tough one and a best performance by far of the week but you could see what it took out of the Knicks that game because they returned to the garden in a game that I think they they should have won against a beatable team in the Sacramento Kings who are nothing special this year so far I think they're now two and six something like that that they're just ahead of where the Knicks are right now and to to really to just not respond uh, was really surprising Marcus Morris was great again 28 points he he was really a guy that stepped up those last this last week he's been the guy that has stepped up all five starters for the Kings were in double figures that the Knicks had no answer for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I, I thought Buddy Heald was pretty impressive as well with his 22 points. Uh, those are two that are really the cornerstones of the franchise, but not to be outdone, eight points, six points, and six points from Ariza, Joseph, and Bogdanovich off the bench was pretty big in the end as well. 113.92 on your home floor to the Kings is borderline embarrassing. Now, R.J. Barrett stepped up with 22, but only two other players were in double figures for the Knicks. 10 from Robinson and 11 from Trier off the bench, finally getting some offensive production 
out of Mitchell Robinson. And that's what they need. Just get him to double figures. And I'm my God, it would be a huge boost for Mitchell Robinson as a player. And he's got to be able to do that more often. You know, Nilakina, for those that have been praising him again, just look at the body of the week. An up and down week really did not factor in the Kings game in only 15 minutes. To be fair, you know, then you can go back to, you know, is is Fisdale playing him enough? But yeah, not not all that great. Iggy Brazdakis had four points in four minutes off the bench. Not enough of a sample size as well. Defensively, just lackluster. I, I mean, the Knicks only turned the ball over 13 times. They forced 14 turnovers. You could look at two things. You know, obviously the Knicks shot terribly from three, eight of 31, while the Kings made 15 three-pointers. That's that's inexcusable defensively to give up 15 threes to the Kings, but they knocked him down, and really Buddy Heald was the difference maker. He made five of the 15 threes for the Kings. They just, they just couldn't stop him. But it's one of those things where the Knicks did not play well defensively for maybe two-thirds of the game. I thought the second quarter was just awful. The third was even uh, was even a rather you know wasn't worse. It was a continuation of what happened in the second quarter, and the tail end of the first was bad too. You know, they, they, it was really the first quarter that led to the second quarter, which was just awful, and then the third quarter was was just a continuation of it. A, a pity because the fourth they finally woke up and it was just too late. It was just too late. The pressure was off, and the Knicks finally woke up. It was just too late. Really disappointing. Again, a, a winnable game for the Knicks. The Kings are no are, are no world beaters, in my opinion. You know, as, I should say on the road when when the Kings are on the road, you should be winning that game at home on your home floor to get just pushed aside. It is extremely disappointing, and it just it just kept snowballing from there this week and the the game in Detroit what was just abysmal it, it really was and for those that are knocking David Fisdale you know he summed it up well it, during the post game they they defended pretty well for 3 quarters now the score probably wouldn't tell you that but they hung around at the half they were only down by 4 the third wasn't great I'll be honest but they hung around Going into the fourth, and on the road in the NBA against a, a, a team that's going to factor in the playoff hunt, you're expecting from an improved team to hang around. The Knicks did that, and then they just got absolutely blitzed in the fourth. They just fell asleep on the defensive end in the fourth, and the Pistons just ran run, ran away, and they, 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 they run... <laughs> I'm slipping up on it. They just ran away with the lead, and they they were able to hide with it the whole fourth quarter. It was extremely... I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words for that defensive performance from the Knicks in the fourth quarter. You can see... You can hear it in my voice. Just appalling. And this is partly from what people were saying last week. This is partly on the coaching staff because they have not bounced back from that devastating loss in Boston and they've let it snowball into two other losses. Now, again, that's, you know, it's different from me saying, you know, oh, well, this is David Fisdale's not the right guy for the job. This is it. Get rid of him. This is, hey, we got to get back on track here. You know, it, it was still very early in the season, but one in seven is unacceptable. It really is for this year's team. 
I know guys are out. I know there's injuries. Dennis Smith, I believe, should be back for the next game for the Knicks. Has not played since a family member passed away like we talked about on the last show. He should be back. But for now, listen, Nilakina was was good for the most part in the game against the Pistons. 11 points, a steal, three blocks, and four assists in 39 minutes. So you could say, yeah, he got more run and he did more things. That's fine. But when Dennis Smith Jr. gets back, Nilakina is not going to get as many minutes. Can he still be consistent? And that's, look at this past week. Again, the top story always seems to be Nilakina. I don't get it. But you just look around at the last week. Decent game, bad game, good game. Extremely up and down. It's been that way his whole Nick career when he's gotten a chance to play. It's been good Frank, okay Frank, bad Frank, god-awful Frank. Week in and week out. You just don't know what Frank Nilakina you're going to get. And I get it. He's young. And, and I get it. There's some promise. I see it. I see it with my own two eyes on the court against Detroit. The promise that this kid has. But it's too frustrating seeing him do the little things wrong consistently out on the court. On the offensive end, rushing it. Defensively, making some mistakes. And I get it, he's a kid. But if you're talking about giving Frank Nilakina a long-term deal, these are things that cannot happen. More good things from R.J. Barrett, 15 points. Didn't shoot great from the field, but he got to the free throw line and made up for it by making 6 of 11 free throws. To be fair, both of those shooting numbers are very bad. Not very good numbers. But in my opinion, he in this game, he really... He was a stat stuffer in the game. Two steals, eight assists, six rebounds. That doesn't take away or, you know, it shouldn't it it shouldn't dissuade you from the from the bad shooting. But I thought RJ Barrett worked his way into the game and still made an impact. Nilakina, listen, five of seven from the field. This was one of his better games. You know, maybe his best game of the year, to be honest. He even made a three. But but this is not the normal Frank Nilakina. We've got to see four or five of these in a row from Frank Nilakina, Will he get that opportunity? I don't know. Will he take advantage of it if he gets it? Probably not. And that's kind of why I'm sitting on the don't bring back Frank bench right now. Again, only eight games in. If you want to play that card, I don't I don't mind it. I get what you're saying. But frustrating stuff from the Knicks. There's just no question about it. Listen, Kevin Knox was a bright spot. 14 points off the bench with a couple of steals. Only two rebounds. That's a little bit concerning and but 27 minutes five of seven from the field made a couple of free throws and a couple of threes there's promise there coming off the bench for this nick team pretty consistently night in and night out there's guys coming off the bench making an impact on the offensive end and at the time at sometimes defending pretty well also but that fourth quarter that fourth quarter had me really concerned it really did because yet you have the heartbreaker in boston when you really could have won that game. And you just don't defend the last possession well. And Tatum beats you with a tough shot. Fair enough. But then you, you you let it snowball by throwing in a stinker at the Garden against a beatable Kings team. That's nothing special away from Sacramento. And then you, you, you pile on with a really bad defensive fourth quarter against the Pistons. 
when you were in the game, you had a chance to steal one, possibly. Again, the offense maybe hasn't been good enough sometimes to win games, but they hung around in this game, and then they all the hard work that they had done through the first three quarters, they threw it away in the fourth. And again, it's a young team. It's an experienced team playing together in that regard. Really disappointing in the end. And one of the things that I, the, the, the bashing that's been going on has, for certain players, has been a little off, in my opinion. Julius Randle has not been good enough the, the first eight games of the season. There's just no getting around that. And that's been disappointing because he's been a guy, listen, you look at some of his numbers and some of his games, and he's been fine. There, there have been some bright spots. In my opinion, 14.3 points per game is not good enough. There's no question. About it. Nine and a half rebounds, spot on. 4.3 assists, spot on. But I, I was looking at his game log last night, and just befuddled with some of these performances that he's been throwing up recently. Listen, there have been three, really, that have stood out. Obviously, the first couple of nights, he played well. But the turnovers have just been off the charts. I don't understand it. Six turnovers against Brooklyn, although he played pretty well that game. Eight turnovers in the win over Chicago. This week alone... Julius Randle in three games has 11 turnovers. Six against the Celtics. He only had eight points in that game. He only had the one turnover against the Kings, but he only had eight points again on 13 shots. He bounced back pretty nicely in Detroit. He had 20 points, but he had four turnovers again and almost fouled out. These are the things that your star cannot be doing in these games. Detroit, he bounced back on the offensive side, but defensively struggled mightily again. And again, when you turn the ball, he should not be turning the ball over more than three times a game. That's the bottom line, in my opinion. That's the number he should not... If if he turns the ball over three times or less per game, he's done that three times this year. That's got to be the goal. But when you're turning the ball over six, six, eight times... Come on. Come on. That's rough. That's rough to watch. That's not getting the job done. You got to be more efficient than that. On a team where the ball, you're going to see a lot of the ball. He's taking 15, 13, 13, 12, 15, 13, 18 shots in a game. The lowest amount he's taken this year is seven shots at Boston. Every other game, he has shot 12 or more shots from the field. You've got to be making better decisions down low. It's really concerning with Julius Randle. Now, listen, there have been guys that have stepped up. I can't believe how quickly Marcus Morris has gotten back on track. I thought it might have taken him a couple of games after we found out about his injury. He, he got right back to where he was on track for. 29 and 28 points over the last couple of nights, the last couple of games. 
extremely impressive. And he's had to do that. He's had to carry the load with Julius Randle struggling the last couple of nights. And it's impressive to see that. I like what I've seen from Kevin Knox. I really have. He is, at least for me, maybe not in Fisdale's mind, and he's the mind that matters, to be fair. Kevin Knox, in my opinion, is a borderline starter right now. With the way that he is slowly but surely progressing right now, you got to find him some minutes. There there can't be games where he's playing less than 20 minutes. He's got to be on the floor a lot more for this Nick team. And when Dennis Smith Jr. gets back, you're going to have to move him back into the fold. What does that mean for Frank Nilakina? I don't know. Again, Nilakina, decent, disappointing, and then very good over the last three games. His consistency is, is exactly where it's been the last two years when he's played. You get a good game out of him. Within a week or two, you'll get a good game, three mediocre games, and two stinkers. That's tough to that's tough to watch as a Nick fan. It really is. All right, I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll look ahead to the Dallas game that you'll be watching as you listen to the show most likely. Tomorrow, we'll get into the Dallas game. What's coming up for the Knicks? And what does it mean to be playing KP again this season in a Dallas Mavericks uniform? That and more on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, what's ahead for the Knicks? Let's start to look ahead how the Knicks can start bouncing back from this tough four-game losing streak after they were able to get things right against Chicago, but since then have put in three pretty bad performances and had one taken away from them up in Boston. This is where the stretch needs to start turning around for the Knicks. This is a huge, huge, pivotal stretch for this New York Knicks team. And I I think that a lot of people, rightfully so, frustrated with this team, we don't know what we're going to get, obviously. I think that was going into the season. You know, we were hoping there's positive signs and things like that. Progress could really be made over these next two weeks, in my opinion. And I think we will know going into the Philadelphia game on November 20th on the road, whether this Nick team could be the improving team we expected it to be or holy smokes, are we going to have another year like last year? The early indications could really be out. And this is where I, I mentioned this on the last show, everybody that's been, you know, not happy that I've been a little bit positive and taking the positives and, and you have to, you have, it's a long season. You have to look at some of the positives or you're just not going to get through it. But at Dallas next, as you'll be listening to the podcast, Sunday, Cleveland at home, Chicago on the road on Tuesday. I'll be talking to you the day after Dallas again on the 14th. 
Then it's Charlotte on the 16th at home, Cleveland at home on the 18th. That's a six-game stretch where, in my opinion, the Knicks could win four out of the six. Legitimately. Could be in all six games, to be honest. I know Dallas is a good team, but could be in all six games. Could win. Very well could win four of them. They'll be in the mix. Those home Cleveland twice, Charlotte at home, and Chicago on the road are all winnable games. All of them are winnable. And then those two Dallas games where there's going to be a lot of emotion. The Knicks will be looking to prove a point to KP in those games. And he'll be looking to prove a point right back. These games, in my opinion, mean a lot. The Dallas games mean a lot. And the, listen, here's, here's the caveat for that. The long-term success for the Knicks this season means a lot more. The development of the young players means a lot more. Getting better as the season goes along and winning games consistently means a lot more. But for the here and now, for Friday night, this game means a lot. It really does. For the Knicks to go to Dallas, where KP and Luka Doncic and company are waiting for them, the, the Knicks have to put in a performance, I think, like they did in Boston. To go there and say, hey, we're here to win. We're not here to get messed around with. And, and listen, there have been signs that they can do that this season. They almost won in Brooklyn and probably should have won in Boston. Played, played San Antonio very tough on opening night. This is a game where the Knicks could easily scare Dallas and make it a very tight game. And, and at Dennis Smith Jr.'s back, he will have a, pro- a point to prove as well, playing against his former team. So, so these are these are things, these are things that can motivate your team. Now listen, I have no reason to believe the Knicks are going to win in Dallas. Not after the way they played the last two nights. But this next game is a huge, huge, huge chance for the Knicks to pick up some momentum and some confidence. Young teams need it. They thrive off it. They thrive off of confidence. Gaining some confidence in Dallas could be huge for this upcoming stretch where the Knicks need to win these games. They have to. They have to. If they want to show that the the fan base, their city, and their ownership, the coaching staff, and the players, that they are making the progress that Perry and Mills said that they could this year. That Fizdale's been talking about since preseason and even before that, over the summer. These are the games. This is the stretch. Because, as I'm sure you all know by now, we've talked about the schedule. If it's not going to be this this stretch, they're in big trouble. Because November, at the end of the month, and early December, is a grind, to say the least. They could get put to the woodshed. Philly, San Antonio, Brooklyn, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Indiana, Portland, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver, Atlanta, Miami, Milwaukee, Washington, Brooklyn, Washington. Happy 2020. That's a really tough stretch overall for the Knicks. That's a 
a month and change of a stretch where the Knicks will probably not be favored in any of those games. Maybe two of them. Washington at home and maybe, maybe Washington on the road. And then it's 2020 and the Knicks are going to be on the road for a lot of January. And there's just no getting around that. This is a pivotal stretch. It really is. When you look at what's upcoming, the previous performances, they're one and seven. In my opinion, I had the Knicks at around three and five right now. Two games could have made all the difference. That Celtics game on the road, if they get that last stop, and, and that, oh, that Brooklyn game. Those were the two they had a really legitimate chance of winning. San Antonio as well, to be fair. They were right in that game. And then throwing away a golden chance against Sacramento. But they were never in the game. They, they just didn't show up. They hung around against Detroit. But, but again, never looked like they were going to pull it off. The offense just never was good enough that night. You're hoping that with a little bit of motivation behind them, with KP staring them in the face after leaving them, basically, although the Knicks played their part in that, leaving them, not really wanting to leave. That, well, d- different discussion for a different time. But if you're a Nick player, you should be looking at KP right in the face and looking for some revenge on Friday night. Tonight, as you're listening to the podcast, most likely. It's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough ask, but I'm looking for progress. I'm looking for them to go and not back down. Show some courage in Dallas. You know, make some threes. Fire each other up. Throw down a couple of dunks. Silence that crowd. There's going to be some Knicks fans. I want to hear the Knicks fans on Friday night. I want to see the orange mixed in with that blue in Dallas. I want to see KP forcing shots because he realized his team is down. It's crunch time. And this could look really bad on him if he doesn't perform. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see Julius Randle shove it down their throat. If Dennis Smith plays, I want to see him make some star moves. I want to see him make some plays. And I got to see the continuation of development from Knox and Barrett. Because in my opinion, they've been the two biggest bright spots this season for the Knicks. And I don't think there's much debate there. Marcus Morris has has put his name in that conversation, but consistently it's been Barrett and it's been Knox who have been the impressive impressive guys so far. Marcus Morris has been very good. I think I put him probably third on that list. Everybody else has been up and down. It's one of those, and that's just on offense. You know, we're talking offense for a lot of that stuff. Defensively, the whole team's been inconsistent. And, And that's partly on the coaching staff, but... Part of that is is the talent as well that's on the roster, and that takes time. But we're seeing the signs, and, and I got to tell you, it's now or never. This is the stretch where the Knicks have to pick up some wins, or they're, they're going to be in big trouble. It's going to be a long end of the 2019 part of the season for the New York Knicks here because that schedule coming up for them is daunting. After we get in, after you've had your turkey dinner, that's a really tough stretch. It really is. It's arguably the toughest stretch the Knicks will have all season. But going into that, 
you've got to have some wins under your belt because you're you're because I'm at I'm at, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. if the Knicks if the Knicks stumble these next couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, I, I'm going to be inconsolable. It, it's going to be a really tough stretch coming up. It really is. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, man. I'm going to be, we're going to fight through it. We have to, but it's one of those things where this is a make or break stretch for the Knicks season right now. It really is. You always want to see the Knicks steal a couple of games. There's always that hope because they've shown it that they can do that, that they can go on the road and steal a game or they can go on the road and beat a really good team or, or, or play a really tough team wire to wire and has the capability of beating them. But they haven't finished the job in these early eight games of the season. I, I, I think we'll get a good indication at Dallas as you're listening to the show tonight. I think we're going to get a really good idea of what the next couple of weeks are going to be like. Are the Knicks going to go out there and shove it down Dallas's throat? Or are they going to go out there and lay another egg? Like they did in Detroit in the fourth quarter and like they did at the Garden against Sacramento a couple of days before that. I'm really, I'm really, really interested to see how KP is going to be received on November 14th, the return of KP, it's going to be booze. I think majority of booze. He didn't do a lot for the franchise in the big picture uh, for the next because of his injuries and and the stuff behind the scenes with his brother and 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 things like that. I I believe that that will be. We will. I'll record. I think during the game. I think I might actually be. There might be some live reaction on the next show. <laughs> I'm debating. I'm debating reacting to the to the Knicks Dallas game. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know in the comments. Uh, posting and toasting.com by the Shock Shock podcast posts. Uh, let me know in the comments or at SJ7 on Twitter. Um, also, you know, just a quick reminder on iTunes, five star reviews uh, and, and a quick thought on the show would be phenomenal. Would love to hear that from you guys as well. The show's really done well so we for on behalf of the entire podcast network we really appreciate you guys listening week in and week out the show has done really well we're really excited about the numbers we're excited about i feel like i'm I feel like i'm in the k francesa radio uh <laughs> radio sphere when i say those kind of terms but we, but we feel really good about you guys in, in the interaction with the show week in and week out so we really appreciate that but again let me know what you guys think i'm thinking about doing that for next week's show a live reaction to the Knicks Mavs game at the garden KP's return. I'm, I'm debating it. I, I'm debating it. I don't know how long the show would end up being because I'd have to cut it up. It's not going to be two hours, three hours of, of straight Knicks reaction content. I'm going to still cut, try to cut it for time to the show's normal length, which is normally around 40 minutes, 45 minutes to as long as an hour. That's normally the longest I like to go with the show. So let me know what you guys think. That's my thought for the next show. I'm, I'm, it's debatable. I want to hear what you guys think. Let me know if you get the chance. Postingandtoasting.com or at SJ7 on Twitter. I want to end with this. There's a couple of ways that I, that I could go with the end of the show today. But I, I did want to leave with, with just a thought on what's going on with the the... the 
the people that are already uh, Fizdale out, if you will. And it's two things. It's a micro thing and it's a macro thing uh, as far as us as Nick fans. The micro thing is this. We're, We're quick to judge nowadays. And it's been a thing for a while. I think it's been just been more talked about nowadays. And it happens in sports too. And this is why, you know, the the, the stick to sports people and, and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and in my opinion, that means more than just politics. That's why I'm not going to get into the politics side if I can help it on the show that we have a little bit in the past. However, with the coaching specifically, with David Fisdale, the quick to judge people, the 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 sports talk radio scene nowadays, where it's every day, is he going to be fired? Is he not going to be fired? We're getting close to that. We really are with David Fisdale. It, it's it started on Twitter already. The Fisdale fire Fisdale hashtags. Every once in a while, I'm seeing those. They're not trending yet, but I'm seeing those every once in a while and get rid of him he doesn't know what he's doing and I mentioned this earlier I mentioned this last week as well and and things like that the coach is not changing this year and get used to it would be my thought get used to it because he's not going anywhere for 2019-2020 unless the Knicks lose 81 games unless the Knicks lose out He's very, more than likely, David Fisdale is not going anywhere. They will give him the year. And the, the the people that don't understand that, that just don't look into it enough, and and this happens with every fan base. Every fan base has a crew that either aren't fans, that just like to throw their two cents in there and, and act like they're fans of the team, or... They, they're not patient. They're not looking at it enough. They're not diving in to what they're seeing. They're not listening to what coach is saying pre and post game press conferences or in the media. You know, they're not listening to the radio and seeing what the pre and post game stuff is. Their interviews with Fisdale and what he's saying about the team and things like that. They're not watching MSG. They're not watching the games either. But they, they feel the need to throw that out there. These are uninform- These are not informed people. They're not looking at the full picture. And with where the Knicks are at right now, you have to do that. You have to look at the full picture. You got to give David Fisdale time. And in my opinion, he's the guy right for where the Knicks are right now. He's the guy. They're responding to him. The players are responding to him right now and eight games in i'm with you one in seven is not good enough it isn't especially with the schedule the knicks have played it's not good enough give the knicks time and listen i'm going to keep saying it because i have a marker down i've told you this before i have a marker down for when i'm going to start really feel like you guys are feeling my marker is November 20th. That's my marker. Now I'm not going to fully jump ship like a lot of you are, like a lot of you guys are, the frauds out there that that are just in it for when the Knicks at some point do turn it around and they're going to say, oh, "I was there the whole time." 
Always been a Nick fan. Yeah, New York's the Nick town. The crap that you hear on social media. The, the phrasing that where you can just tell, oh, frauds, just fraudulent behavior from these, from these Twitter hounds, frauds, whatever you want to call them. November 20th is, is my progress time stamp where I'm going to be, you know, Hey, I'm in on what's going on or Hey, we got to start. What's going on here? Where's the progress been? Because eight games for anybody, except apparently Mike Brown when he was the Lakers coach, is not enough time to say whether or not this team's going to be good enough to make the progress the Knicks are expecting. Smart Knicks fans know this is not a playoff team. This never was a playoff team. But this was a team that we thought could win 10 more games than they did last year. Or 11 more games than they did last year and start to build towards being a playoff team and start to build towards luring some free agents. Remember, that's big as well for the future of the franchise. It can't be another 17-win season. And if I haven't made myself clear enough on that, I'm making myself clear about it now. But I'm with you. At some point, we, we, we will have seen enough time, enough of a sample size to know where the team is at November 20th when I do my show and I'm coming to you before Thanksgiving and the turkey is served we'll know about the New York Knicks we'll know you can mark it down yourselves I already have it marked on my iPhone it's it's on my iPhone November 22nd show released where are we at with Fisdale? Where are we at with the Knicks? It's on my phone. So you can come back if you want and keep ripping me for, for the positive thoughts I have on the Knicks. I, I've seen it week in and week out. That's the, for me, in this season, that's the day. That's the breaking point where we'll know whether or not this Knicks team is going to be like last year or if we're going to start to see the improvement. Now listen, the other part to that is it's a long season, but it can get away from you quickly. And like I already mapped out, that's a tough stretch coming up after that stretch. It really is. It really is. It could get away from the Knicks really quickly. We'll have to see. For those that are keeping the faith, I love you. You're true Nick fans. For those that aren't, you're not all frauds. And that that sounds a little harsh, but it's really those social media mongers out there that I know are not Nick fans. For those that are, and this is the thing, it's not you're in or you're out kind of thing. I'm not trying to make it sound like that. And I'll end on this note here. If you're already disappointed, I I blame I don't blame you. I am too. I already I already told you. The Knicks should be three and five. They should not be one and seven. And they they only have themselves to blame. They really do. So for those that are already thinking, here we go again, you have every right to think that way. But the fire Fisdale camp and the, the the get rid of these guys and you know we we made the wrong choices and this is not how we should be building this team and questioning the entire system and just and questioning the entire system, I guess, is fine. But already saying get rid of it 
after eight games shows you where society is right now. The lack of patience is incredible. Do you remember where the Nets were last year around Thanksgiving time and, and Christmas time? Do you remember where they were last year? They were they were in the cellar, almost as bad as the Knicks. They were terrible, but they figured it out. There was a bigger sample size, and they got into the playoffs. Now, again, I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team, but guys can emerge as the season goes on. The defense can emerge. The offense can get better. Fisdale is working with a new roster. Keep that in mind as well. But also, it's a bit of a balancing act. Give them some time, but hey, we the progress does have to come. It's a double-edged sword at times, but we'll know. We'll know sooner, in my opinion, rather than later. Give me your thoughts, postingandtoasting.com, where you think the Knicks are at, which players are, are you know kind of stock up and stock down for you at the moment for the Knicks. And follow me on Twitter, at SJ7. Give me your thoughts. Let me know what you guys think about the next show. Should I do a live reaction to the Knicks-Mavs game when KP comes back to the Garden for the first time as a healthy player since he injured himself against the Bucks? although I was at that game all those years ago now. I think that was almost two years ago now, something like that. And let me know what you guys think about the upcoming schedule and where you're at with the Knicks as a whole. Folks, thanks as always for listening, and I will see you next week on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.